Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Julie. And together we are... Two Sober Chicks. Two very happy, very sober chicks. Even though you guys have been listening every Friday to us, we have not recorded in six months. So this is very exciting. Yeah, we haven't actually... We haven't actually sat across from each other and recorded since February. And we just saw each other for the first time, face-to-face, last week at a friend's barbecue. Yeah. Two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. On your anniversary. What? (laughs) (laughs) I know. She was fine with it. (laughs) I was like, guess that calendar's not working for you, huh, Lisa? (laughs) Normally, but we had actually made a decision together that we were celebrating while we were here, so. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And where is here, pray tell? Here is my new vacation home. We bought a cottage, so um, it's on a tiny little lake up north in the Muskokas. Are you going to do a little... uh, I'm not... I'm not going to show you, but there, oh, okay, there, they'll see me in my bathing suit. You can show this of me. (laughs) And there's the kayaks. I kayaked for the first time. It was amazing. She did amazing. My hair, I don't like the way my hair looks. Okay, there we go. (laughs) So vain. And then here's the table and right there's Lisa's hand. There you go. <laughs> and if what you're, what you I should get closer to the mic. I, I couldn't figure out how to do two mics. No. Um, what you're hearing over there is a little boy and his family swimming, but yeah. that's the only people that are around. What we tried to do is come across the lake in our kayaks. This was my plan because I said to Julie, it'll be way too noisy over uh, on the side where I am because there's a beach close by and there'll be tons of people and families with their kids at the beach. But this guy got the same idea with his family, so... They get to jump off the rocks over here, and it's a little deeper water, so it's exciting. But hopefully, they'll go soon. <laughs> we heard the... Oh, there's a mosquito on you. Ah, I heard... Ah, I felt ah. it bite me. Um, we heard the little boy going, remember my special spot? And his voice kept getting louder, and I'm like, yeah, it's the place where someone pokes you in the eye if you get too close. <laughs> uh, Julie's evil. I love it. And then I walked down to the water edge, and I heard his sister go, oh, someone's there. So they turned around and laughed. Predator, flee. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So uh, we didn't discuss what we were going to discuss on the podcast, but I wanted to run something by you that my sponsor said, which is interesting. I have a couple of sponsees that are relapsing. And her statement is (laughs) Said every sponsor everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) She said, I would ask your sponsees if they can drink without any consequences, would they still drink? Do they just want the consequences of their drinking to go away? Mm -hmm. If they say yes to the first question, they probably aren't ready yet. Mm -hmm. There is a big difference between that and having a true desire to stop. There are only two reasons people relapse. The first is deep down inside they don't believe they are alcoholic or they don't accept our spiritual solution. Which one is it? Ooh, I know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. So if I am an alcoholic who is relapsing, which I did one time, was it because I didn't believe? Yeah. Well, it was yes to the first question. But if both my sponsees that are relapsing agree that they're alcoholics, Mm -hmm. but they're... Are they struggling with the spiritual solution? They have not done a four yet. What about one, two, and three? Do they talk about the power and the solution is... Yeah. Yeah. Finding a power outside of themselves. Yeah. My belief is if someone, and this is just my personal opinion, if someone is constantly relapsing, they have a higher power issue. 
But I don't want to discount people that believe in God and reach for a drink and they don't know why because our disease is also cunning, baffling, and powerful. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how I feel about those statements. Well, I remember too hearing about, reading about um, Dr. Bob and Dr. Bob was a very devout Christian man and he believed in God and he would ask God all the time to help him stop drinking and he'd still get drunk. Yeah. And then the other part for him was the understanding that... um, it is a mind and body uh, disease. Um, and that he had to understand that his body reacted differently to alcohol than others. And it was the first drink, not the 10th, mm-hmm. that got him sick. Yeah. Um, so he that really helped for him. And then the work part was doing the... Um, doing the program, like reaching out to el- other alcoholics. And when you help another alcoholic, you end up staying sober yourself through the actions of the program. So that was, was another thing that I thought of. Neither of these sponsees are in service right now. Mm-hmm. But these are sponsees that I'm trying to get sober for several years. Okay. So I know it's yeah. not like, what am I doing wrong? Because that would assume that I'm God and I can mm-hmm. fix them. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand the problem. Yeah. Well, I would tend to agree with your sponsor. I know my sponsor thinks uh, similarly. We had that discussion early on because I had relapsed a couple times, and that question was posed to me. Uh, And it was, um, do you want to stop drinking, or do you just want the consequences of your actions to go away? And I was like, oh, yeah, that one. I'd like that. The consequences? (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to be able to drink with impunity. But doesn't that apply to all of us? Like, I didn't want to stop drinking either. I hated the consequences. Right. But then you've accepted that. So I think maybe just have you had that discussion with them? You've accepted that, right? Like we've all accepted it. I've accepted it. That we're alcoholic? Yeah. That I cannot, I cannot drink. When I drink, there will be consequences. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think both of them would say yes. And it's understanding that um, there are always going to be consequences for us because we are alcoholic, because we do behave differently. We react differently to alcohol mm-hmm. when it's in our body. So what was the, the two things she said again? They, the, there's only two reasons we relapse, mm-hmm. because deep down inside we don't believe we're an alcoholic right. or because we're not applying the spiritual solution. Yeah. And then the other thing is the, the number of people that I have seen who keep relapsing after they've accepted, oh, oh, you mean... Uh, the consequences will only go away if I stop drinking after they accept that fact. Because for me, that was it. I just wanted the consequences to stop. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that the only way they would stop is if I stopped picking up a drink, the first drink. Um, and then the second part of that is I struggled with the spiritual solution and giving up my will. I think that my intuition tells me that if someone, if either of these sponsees in the moment hit the floor got on their knees and brought their higher power into the problem and said, I genuinely don't want to drink higher power. Please help me Mm -hmm. versus I can't handle this feeling. So I'm going to take a drink because both of them are relapsing because of feelings and resentments, mostly anger, pity, self pity and resentment. I would Mm -hmm. say are the two factors. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's going to have to be the next conversation. My sponsor used to say things like, how's that working for you? And I used Drinking to, with a fe- over a feeling? Yeah. And I used to hate it, but then when I actually was sober and thought about it, I'm like, oh, that's a good point. It's not working for me. I actually feel even worse and more yeah. miserable. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I find too that a lot of the sponsees that I've had that really um, their sticking point was the higher power and they'll like they'll do everything else and they'll believe in everything else, but they don't believe in a higher power and they refuse to, and they just focus on it's the group, it's the group, it's the group. Well, one day the group isn't there, like in times like this, in uh -huh. COVID times. And now what are you going to do? If your higher power is someone else or something else, eventually people move on or people stop picking up the phone especially if you're a chronic relapser. Yeah. You'll find that eventually people will just get tired of, yeah, it's the same old story. What are you going to do about it? If you're not going to change, I can't be here forever to pick up the phone. So what would you say to someone listening right now that is just not getting it? They want to get it and they just can't get it. What have they done differently? Have they done, have they tried everything that has been suggested in the program? Or is there something that they're hanging on to? Is there a certain way? Because for me, it was, there was lots of little things. Prayer was one of them. I was dead set I was never going to do prayer. Mm -hmm. I was never going to ask this, this thing that I didn't understand for help. Um, and uh, letting go of my old ideas and my old thinking, that was difficult for me too. Um, so I guess just um, ask yourself honestly, um, if you want these consequences of your drinking to go away, what are you willing to give up? Yeah. Sometimes it's the, it's that delusion that we actually have power over our own lives. Okay. So here's you with power over your own life. You end up feeling powerless and you turn to drink, you turn to alcohol because you don't like the way you're feeling and you don't, that's you running your mm. life. That's where you always turn. That's good. When you don't like how things are working out for you. But you're the one who's been making the decisions that have got you into that place where you're full of self-pity, you're resentful, and you're angry. Yeah. That's good. So it's, it's tough. And again, it just comes down to we can put things in front of people, but it's always going to be their final choice. It's yeah. up to them in the end, the yeah. decisions that they land on. Same as it was for me. Nobody could make that choice for me. I'm sure it was very, not painful for Luke. He probably, he'd seen it time and time again. But to tell me all these things and have me go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I was compliant. I was doing the things, or I was saying I was doing the things that he was suggesting. <laughs> and then coming to him with the same problems. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Why is nothing changing for this girl? Yeah. But thankfully, he didn't feel sorry for me and he didn't buy my bullshit. He just sent me back again. He's like, well, have you tried prayer? Yeah, I have. Well, try harder. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Pr pray some more. <laughs> Call me later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to have to push going into a fourth because it's the, it's the only thing we haven't done yet. I was afraid to go into the fourth because it might be so emotionally overwhelming. Mm. But then another person or my, another person in recovery was like, well, they're drinking anyways. <laughs> So what are you worried about? That they're going to drink again? Mm -hmm. Like if they're drinking over resentment and pity and anger, you might as well get to the causes and conditions so yeah. that they see that they're the ones upset about the situation. Then they work themselves into a frenzy where they can't cope with their feelings and then they drink. And then right. they wake up the next day and they feel horrible. So what's the worst that can happen? They'll just do it again when mm -hmm. they have to re-examine. So... I've been holding off because I didn't know if it was the right time to do the fourth, but I think now it's going to be a, a chit-chat about, okay, maybe we should move forward into the fourth because your feelings keep getting the better of you. Yeah. And they're, no matter how many times I say your feelings won't kill you, but drinking over your feelings will, mm -hmm. something's just not clicking. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my sponsor was like, you want to work with me? This is how things are going to be. And I really did want to work with him because he, he had what I wanted. And, um, and one of the things was, you know, your thoughts and feelings are what's wrong with you. Or I'd start talking about my feelings and he'd be like, yeah, uh, those, we're just going to put those on a shelf right now. And I didn't like it. And it kind of made me angry, <laughs> but I had to go along with it because I had said I wanted his help. Yeah. So if you want my help, you're going to do what I suggest. Yep. And, uh, and it turned out to be the best thing for me because it was my biggest problem. It was getting stuck in my own thoughts and my own feelings that would end, and land me um, in a bar or put a drink in my hand mm-hmm. every single time. Some people don't want help. Yeah. Like I have a person in my family who's really struggling with obesity. Mm-hmm. And um, I have presented her with a therapist that will talk to her for free as well as a trainer that will work her out for free. What? And how she called either of them. I uh, know. <laughs> and I get it because she doesn't understand that. I understand the compulsion to put something in your face that you don't want to, but it'll make you feel better. Hers yeah. happens to be food. Mine was booze. Right. And um, she'll send me and see, pictures she sees of you like, as that skinny bitch. How could you possibly know what she's feeling? Right. But it's the same feelings. Yes. The same feelings. Yes. We just use different tools to cope. Yeah. But she doesn't want help or she's not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing I can do. I'm like, okay. And then when she wants to send me pictures of eating an ice cream, a sink full of ice cream, I don't say anything because it's not my business to say, oh, well, I've provided you with help. Like, who wants to hear that? I just don't even respond. I'm like, yeah. mm. if she says, what do you think? Yeah. That's a very different question. But if she's going to send me a picture of three pizzas or she's going to say I'm in a shame spiral because I just ate a whole package of Oreos, I'm going to go, I'm fucking sorry. That sucks. I know how that feels. Yeah. So... Giving it up the know-it-all. Yeah. Pass the know-it-all baton over. It doesn't (laughs) work for anything. No. It's hard, though, sometimes to get out of that judgment place. I know. Yeah. Because, for me, uh, it was difficult because I'd been where the people were before, the people who are still drinking. And it's like they come and they ask for your help. And I'm like, oh, I used to be just like that. Ask for help and then not do any of it and go back out and drink. And then wonder why my life was a mess. <laughs> wonder why I was so unhappy and things weren't getting better. And, and so, I, and again, that's ego for me. Like, oh, well, I have the answer. So if you just yeah. listen, then everything will be all right. But I just have to let that go. I learned in treatment never to say you remind me of myself or I remember when that was me. It was very like insulting. Mm. So I learned to say, I get it. I'm sorry. I know exactly what that feels like. But as soon as I'd be like, I remember, or Uh, it's like they found it really derogatory. Belittling. Yeah. yeah. And dismissive almost. So language really matters. Yeah. Like I hate that it matters because to me it's like we had to get over the language of the big book. Yeah. What the fuck? But yeah. It's also, it also talks about um, how we are supposed to be loving and kind and tolerant and accepting of people. Mm-hmm. So I was reading that in my podcast that I uploaded today. I'm getting into the traditions, like oh, in nice. the long form. And yeah. it talks, I was talking about how nowhere in AA does it talk about how we shouldn't talk about drugs or mental health issues and mm-hmm. why tradition one is like, there's no, it's censorship is not a part of it's not an AA idea. Yeah. So anyways, if people want to listen to that, they can just look at, I think today's podcast title is 
traditions. If you miss this one, you'll be sorry or something like that. <laughs> traditions are important. And I, I wish that we did them more in our groups, like our local groups. Yeah. Like we do, a, we do big book studies and we do step one through 12. And then we go back to the beginning of the book. But it's called the 12 and 12, not the 12. Ah. <laughs> but we just go. We never hit traditions. No, we don't do that. What's crazy is about it is the most boring way, the most boring part of the traditions is the short version Version we read at the meetings. When you start reading the long versions, it's just as amazing as the steps. Yeah. Like the goodness in it is astounding. Yeah. And they're way shorter than the steps. So I don't know why we don't just bust through them like two in a meeting. But I don't know. Unfortunately, we That's don't a group run the conscience. World. That's a group conscience thing. And, you know, we can never get through, I don't know, what type of coffee to have in a meeting, let alone something important like (laughs) reading the traditions. (laughs) But that's how we learn to get along with the rest of the world. True that, sister. Live and let live and the traditions. It's very distracting here with the lake. and. I know. I hope you guys can hear that. I think this was a good first podcast for the first time in six months. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was. Pretty easy. All right. Maybe we'll get into something like really heavy and serious. Maybe we'll do another one. Maybe. Next on Two Sober Chicks, I'm Lisa. I'm Julie. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.